0: It is the Brad and John Show. We kick off another week. Uh, you know what? Can I, John, right off the get-go, i got to ask you this. I, we forgot to talk about this. Are you here the entire week? we here Monday through Friday? Absolutely. Okay, the reason I ask that is because uh, being out and about like I am, there's so many interesting places where you go like, we won't be open on Friday. Matter of fact, I saw this for the uh, St. Charles Chamber of Commerce that they are shutting down their operations as of Thursday. They will be working from home next week, so don't call the office. (laughs) Which
1: means they will be napping.
0: Yeah, or means they'll be out shopping, or they'll be out partying, or something like that. You know, Uh, so if you're going to come by the office next week, don't uh, give them a call first and see if someone's in the office, and they won't be back. Until January
1: 5th. And I'm going, come on. Does anybody work anymore? Absolutely not. And remember, this, this began before the pandemic. I mean, some places, I mentioned this last week, but at Monsanto, we were closed down between Christmas break and New Year's. Like, the offices were physically closed. The gate was up. You couldn't come in. You couldn't work.
0: Now, what if they're like for you as a comms guy? Let's say on a on the the you know on the twenty eighth of December, a couple days after Christmas, some big thing hit. Did you just go? Eh, I'm off. I'm not going to worry about it. no. Some, something that you had to address in the public media.
1: Yeah, we ha- we had a great system set up whereby one of the members of the team every day was responsible for checking the media line. So a call would come into world headquarters somewhere which was in St. Louis and and somebody was responsible for getting the voicemail messages or the emails and it was broken up through it was div- a division of labor throughout the break and remember there are other parts of the world that don't that don't shut down so for example folks in China that worked for Monsanto would be working all over break you couldn't get to them for the 2 weeks of Chinese New Year though Really? So we would cover for them during Chinese so they New Year. would. so. They would shut down it's just, down a, op- it's just a, a a world monstrosity of a setup. They would shut down operations during Chinese New Year then? Yeah, absolutely. Are and, and the team that, that you know, for example, if you work for Bayer or any other really large company, your employees in China are generally off for about two weeks for Chinese New Year. Yeah, the the whole country shuts down, their stock market shuts down, everything shuts down. Really? It's a BFD over there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. For
0: those of you who may be news, new to the show, this is something that, that good radio people do. And I'm not saying that we're good <laughs> radio people, but um, there's the assumption that everybody knows who he is and who I am and what we do here in the whole bid because we're getting new listeners every day with the new format and that stuff. John Combest, first off, is a North County boy, grew up in North County, uh, went to the Hazelwood School System. What, what grade schools you go to?
1: I went to Lairmore Elementary, and then I went to Kirby, where Brad's mom worked, and where Brad
0: worked. Yeah. Matter of fact, I got a feeling my mom was working when you were there, believe it or not. Was she really? Oh, yeah. I was
1: there in 90 through 92. I believe she was still there.
0: No way. In the library? Yeah. 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 I believe she was still there. Yeah. My mom was the My mom has an interesting My mom and dad were both very prolific college people my dad we lost track of how many degrees my dad had literally because of the fact that um actually sort of an interesting story sort of a sad story my dad uh was the first son uh, of of a a husband and wife and his father left him when he was two years old and then his his mother remarried and she had two more kids so my dad was the typical stepchild i don't know if that's true or not anymore he was not treated very well and uh even to the point where his mother, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, as a kid, when we went over to my grandmother's house, she was uh, mis-negative. And mm. let me put it to you this way. She was misnegative negative about college. Now, things comes, have come full circle because I'm sort of negative about college. But she would always, when, when we went there, she would always make a point of telling us how she felt that her son, Lee, my father was a a failure because he went to college and he got a job. And 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 once again, he got a job as an engineer. My dad was a civil engineer. So in other words, not an easy degree to get. He always had great jobs. At one point in time, I don't know if you ever told this or not, I think it was his third or fourth job, he actually was the city engineer for the city of Bridgeton. And Wow, I didn't and, know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And then he spent the last twenty five, twenty six years of his career. He was the campus civil civil engineer for S.I.U. Edwardsville for a while, for a while he was both. He did both campuses and go back and forth between Carbondale and Edwardsville. But then they hired somebody down there in Carbondale. And uh, to this day, if you drive uh through Linden, or not Lindenwood, through S.I.U. Edwardsville. A lot of the infrastructure there is my dad's design. You know, wow,
1: that's awesome.
0: Yeah, parking lots and roads and stuff like that. Indeed, matter of fact, you know what was really cool? He did a thing, and you know, he would never really talk much about this. My dad was a very quiet man, World War II vet. Um, you know, spent three years in World War II, then stayed in the, actually four years, then stayed in the Army as a reservist for 36 years. He did he, he retired when he was 62. We didn't even know that. We didn't know that till he passed away. Wow. That he, you know, retired at 62. Uh, but the last couple of years there, he did some interesting things. And one of the things he did was he had a relationship with several professors over there who were, like, in the engineering department, stuff like that. And he did... I guess you'd call it like a practicum, and they did it for mm-hmm. high school kids where they would teach high school kids. I think this is with the Edwardsville School District. They would teach high school kids the practical aspect of civil engineering. I don't know why they did this, but this is what they did. And my dad would go out in the woods because if you know the SIU campus, it's monstrous. It's like physically, it's like one of the top five largest campuses of any college or university in the country. I don't know if you knew that or not because no. it's it's... I have to look it up. It's like thousands of acres. It may be like like five or six thousand acres. Anyway, um, they would find places like where ravines and things like that, where people would want to go like nature hiking and things like that. But it was tough because you had to go down like a dry creek bed and come come up the other side. And they would put in natural bridges. Where they would go back in the woods, and my dad would work with the kids, and they'd figure out where they could chop down a tree and have it fall across the the ravine, and then they'd <laughs> chop down another tree, and then they, you know, they'd get up there and they'd put, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, nowadays, this was, this was back, oh man, early '90s. And I'm thinking nowadays, there's no way they would do that because we're not going to let our kids use power tools. We're not. Oh, absolutely! It out. sounds like
1: something from the boxcar children <laughs> yeah, series. Know. You know,
0: using a tree to cross a river. Right, right. It was, well, it wasn't a river; it was like a dry creek bed. Anyway, how did he get up on that? Uh, my dad. We're had, talking about
1: North County. We well, were doing introductions.
0: Well, my dad had all these degrees because, as 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 a, a full time faculty, he'd take classes for free. We think he ended up with three different degrees from SIU, and it was wow. sort of interesting because he was an engineer. Then he got into art. And at one point in time, he did some arts of uh, works of art that actually were displayed as student projects, which was like it was like all over the St. Louis area. They got they got curated, and a couple of these things ended up in a in a, in a um, display um, like a showing at the St. Louis Art Museum. Oh wow! As I'm, a student? Yes, as a student. Anyway, uh, anyway. John is a North County guy, went to Wash U, just like my parents did. Then he worked for, uh, he calls he calls it your brief, brief political career, right? Who'd you work for again? I I,
1: I, call it, I usually describe it as a brief and undistinguished <laughs> political career. I worked for Senator John Ashcroft. I worked in the Secretary of State's office under a guy named Matt Blunt, who became governor. Um, and then I went to work for a PR firm, and then I went to work for Monsanto, and then eventually Bayer. What did you do when you were at SOS? I did uh, paperwork filings, like the most mundane paperwork that you, could, that you could imagine. And the best thing about that job is that at 5.01 p.m., I was done. Well, <laughs> Like, you know, you clock out of the office and you're, there's no way for anyone to read. There's no work to be done. You can't do any work after if you're n- not sitting there with the paperwork. So, yeah, it was fun. It was great people. I loved it.
0: Dude, I've been to Jefferson City. I would say more like 4.59. They're done. <laughs> I
1: don't 459, think. 4.59 uh, Eastern Time.
0: Uh, or if you go know? to the License Bureau, it's 4.30. But, uh,
1: so so so, did you do like corporate filings and stuff like that? Or? Yeah. Mhm. So worked with, you know, law firms would come in and bring in all their – I got to be pretty familiar with LLC paperwork oh, and yeah. nonprofit organizations oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And everybody would come in asking for a business license, and we had to explain to them that this is not where you get your business license. It's not where you get your tax ID number. Um, and I also learned the value of my favorite, one of my favorite customer service phrases, Brad, which was people would come in and lack their paperwork, and they would start their sentences with, what had happened is... So the reason why they didn't have their $105 filing fee or their driver's license or the paperwork is what had happened is I was staying at my aunt's house and she lost the paperwork and I don't have my driver's license. So a lot of times I'll start sentences with what had happened is if I'm describing so, a short So
0: sentence, were you the, the the nasty employee that said, well, I'm sorry, we can't help you. Come back later.
1: I would usually let um, – Senior employees handle a little bit more of the uh, of the bad cop stuff, and I would uh, I I would play good cop a lot of the times actually, and let them know, hey, I understand that you don't have this or that, but what you should do is go down to the DMV, make sure you have your license, make sure you have, um, and you know w- there was there was a, there were a hijinks. People would come in with you know obviously fake paperwork and, and things like that. Really, and, um, really fake paperwork. You know, like what did they what did they fake? What did they bring in that was fake? Well, for example, our office processed um, a number of LLC applications that ended up being part of uh, immigration. So folks would come in – This, uh, without getting too far into the weeds, there's – a lot of times people will set up fake LLCs under fake names in order to say that they're, say, a trucking company. And then if they're a fake trucking company, then they can give fake – they can give illegal immigrants – um, they could show that illegal immigrants actually work for this fake trucking company. This was a case that came through the Secretary of State's office around that period of time. But, you know, people would, people would forge signatures. People would, any people will do anything to, to create. A legal entity if they need it as a cover for something, you know, you know, there's a topic all in itself
0: You talk about forging signatures I guess I'm amazed at how things have gotten to the point where you can dock sign everything and yeah know, you know yes. And and not only that here's the question I've asked my teacher friends and I've yet to get an answer which is sort of interesting You know most of the school districts have gotten rid of cursive
1: Yes, how do you how do you have a signature anymore? Yeah, you really can't and you know there there's a hearty debate on this and I've t- I have friends who insists that cursive is useless. I just had this conversation last week, Brad, and I and I told a friend of mine, I said, absolutely not. I, like, uh, cursive, you, you have to be able to sign your name. Like, there's some value in writing. And I know that I sound like a proverbial typewriter repairman that says, in my day, everybody had to write cursive, but you need to learn to write. Well, I, I've done, see, here's the crazy thing for me, for forever and ever and ever,
0: I have done printing, and part of the reason was for that is, and you're going to find this very strange, but uh, back in my early years when I was getting my ham radio license, it used to be that to get your ham radio license, you have to be able to send and receive Morse code, mm-hmm. and the basic license, which at the time they don't do anymore, which was called the novice license, and you all, all you had to do was get fifth, uh, five words per minute of, of code, okay, and which was pretty slow, but the next license up, which was called the general, you had to do 13 words per minute, which is pretty fast. And I was I was struggling with it. And a friend of mine in high school, who had already gotten, matter of fact, he had the top of the line license, had would called it extra, which you had to do 20 words per minute for Morse code. He saw me struggling, and he says, "No, let me show you how to print." So he had this method of speed printing, and you know, in other words. To the point where, when you listen to the Morse code, you put on the headphones. You have a speaker and the and the tape, whatever it was, the tape would run. Like when you took the test, you'd wear these little headphones, and you had to, you know, write down what the Morse code was sending, and then you turned that in. But you had to. You you couldn't spend a long a long time you know making your letters look perfectly. So he would show me things like okay this is how you do an e you do like a half circle with an with a with a you know a, a line coming out of the middle you know instead of like oh, doing the okay. uh, 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 you know that kind of stuff. So I sort of adopted that and that's pretty much what I do all the time. Matter of fact I'm looking down that's what I've written here in front of me. But still the cursive thing my signature is my name just Brad B R A D I handwrite it that's my signature.
1: Wow. Literally. So it's kind of like, uh, are you saying that you do like the share thing where you're just Brad? You're not Brad Hildebrand?
0: I just, my signature is B-R-A-D. Matter of fact, if you have any money on you right now, do you have any, do you have access to money right now?
1: Have it about six feet away.
0: Okay, here. I'm going to pull some money out of my pocket, okay? I will show you something interesting. The guy who was the, let me see if I can find one that's got on it. Uh, The guy who was the secretary of the Treasury. Treasury under Trump, Steve Mnuchin. Yeah. If he signs, if you look at his signature on the, 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 the currency when he was there, when he was Secretary of Treasury,
1: it is block printing.
0: It's not a signature. It's
1: no way. Yeah, yeah. Take a look at it. When you're I from, just Googled it and it's coming up. You're right, Stephen T. Mnuchin. That's how we signed it. Yes, look at it, that.
0: It's just block printing. Which Well,
1: that's easier to read, that's for sure. Well, that's educational,
0: right? Most of the signatures you can't read, especially you know, if you go to the doctor and you get a prescription from the doctor, tell me you can read his, his signature. Oh absolutely not.
1: <laughs> I have a great signature story when we have time, and I was thinking about it yesterday, Brad. It was about when I was in very quickly when I was in I worked in the US Capitol. Which came to light, which which has been in the center because of what's been going on in the Capitol building by staffers.
0: Yes, yeah, we'll talk but about one,
1: that. <laughs> one of my tasks was to go around, and I worked for the House Committee on Small Business, and would go around to members' offices and have guys that guys and gals that had co-sponsored legislation. You know how you see like copies of legislation with their signature, right? Nobody actually signed it, so it was all signed by their secretaries. And one time I went in to get a member to sign this piece of legislation, and it was the only time that a member actually signed it. And he was right around the corner, and I heard his staffer – he said to his staffer, what is this? And his staffer said verbatim, it's good. Just sign it. And the (laughs) member of Congress signed it. And I said, first of all, I was amazed because I was like, holy cow, out of like – I was in charge of getting like 60 people to sign this legislation. I'm like, a member of Congress actually signed this instead of their admin, you know? But the description of, it's good, just sign it, was was my favorite anecdote. That goes to
0: show you, (laughs) you, the people you elect are not necessarily the people pulling the strings in Congress, right? I have no
1: idea. The man had no idea what this legislation was or why his name was on it.
0: Okay, I want to talk about something real quick. I don't want to, we're getting up near a break here, but... For a minute, we try to keep things local, uh, is what we're yeah. trying to talk about, the, the the Collar County, so to speak, West Plex area, even Franklin and Warren counties to a certain extent. Okay. The deal with Hunter Biden, he shows up mm-hmm. last week. He's supposed to be uh, behind closed <laughs> doors. He's supposed to be uh, essentially deposed behind closed doors. He shows up. He doesn't show up at the entrance of the Capitol or to the Cong- Congress. He shows up at the entrance of the Senate, and he does a press conference where essentially he says he's being mistreated and stuff like that. So, in other words, what he did was he committed uh, contempt of Congress. Now, if you know what contempt is in legal sir, uh, thing, see, uh, you know, legal parlance, if you have a judge that tells you to do something, and you don't do it. Let's say you're in court. And matter of fact, if if you if you watch what's the movie, my cousin Vinny, which is actually oh, a yeah. pretty funny movie, there's contempt of court in there. But the idea being is, if you are in contempt of court, the judge can literally throw you in jail. If you're in, yeah. in court, he can say, you know, bailiff, um, handcuff that person and put them in jail, and Let him spend a week there, and then we'll come out and talk about this again. Okay? So the interesting thing was, they said that, and I was listening to this over the weekend, they said that he is in contempt of Congress. But the problem is, the person or the organization that has to depose him, or has to enforce the contempt, which essentially is either physically grab him and make him show up for Congress or throw him in jail, Mm -hmm. is the Justice Department. And because the Justice Department is now run by Democrats, they're not going to do that. But the interesting thing is... Remember, when he went before that judge in Delaware and she blew up that plea deal, she told him there were terms that he was essentially being let go on his own recognizance because he pled not guilty and he didn't have to post a cash bail. But she told them certain things and she said he must get a job. Remember that? I thought that was funny. He must get a job. Yeah, right. Like Hunter's going to get a job, right? And the deal is... All the Congress would all the Republicans would have to do was just go back to that judge and say and one of the one of the things one of the other I should say this, one of the things that one of the circumstances, one of the criteria she put on him was that he not violate any laws. So in other and words, contempt of violating contempt of court is violating a law. Exactly. So yeah. so she should just, you know, get back in court this morning and say, Okay. Uh, issue a warrant for Hunter Biden to be yeah. thrown. Yeah. Now the likelihood that actually
1: happens—that'll never happen. What are the chances someone follows the letter of the law? But Brad?
0: the problem is, if you and I did that kind of stuff, of we, course, we'd be Absolutely. we'd be in the Gray Bar Hotel. You know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> <laughs> we would... And not Gray Bar, the local corporation. <laughs> right. You we mean would... the other Gray. Yes,
0: the Gray Bar Hotel. You know, commonly known as the Clink, the Joint, whatever you want to call it. Okay. We have to take a break. Uh, it is Brad and John. You can check out our website. It is up and running. John. John's even made some posts on it. Well, not some posts. He's uh, fixed his his, uh, About page. Uh, I got
1: fixed, Brad. People have been waiting for that for years. When's John going to get fixed? I got fixed.
0: (laughs) I could make a comment, but I won't. You could. Don't. (laughs) Don't, Brad. Not with
1: the FCC list.
0: Yeah, bjshow.co, bjshow.co. No no M on it. We couldn't afford the M. bjshow.co. It's 722.